ahead. I got my amen corner. Is my amen corner up in the balcony, y'all there? Amen. All right. How about my, my, my live studio audience over in my kitchen? Amen. All right. Very good. <clears throat> I want to thank uh, David Lambrecht, also John Sinar, uh, for coming and just demolishing my living room so that we could still have church this morning. Uh, it was raining pretty good. I, I'm looking out my window right now and it stopped raining, but it's still pretty soggy out there. So there's just no way that we could have set up equipment and been able to have church. So hopefully you're tuning in. Uh, if you're watching with your spouse or maybe a friend or your family, turn to one of them, give them a high five and let them know that Jesus is alive today. Jesus is alive today. <laughs> All right, my studio audience is following, following suit. So we're still talking about the covenant we're still talking about the covenant. This is our fifth week. We're, we're going to talk about it this week and next week. And that'll be six weeks that we've talked about this covenant that God made not only with Abraham, but spiritually it applies to us because we are people of faith. Man, we spent about 12 weeks talking about faith uh, and how God is taking us from being a fellowship of believers that, that just believe in God to actually believing God. And that's a big difference. A lot of people believe in God, but do you really believe his word? And do you really believe that he is active and alive in you? And if you really believe his word over everything else that you see, man, that, that will eliminate a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear, a lot of doubt and worry and concern. If, if you can just learn to have faith in his word and his promises. Now, in order to do that, you've got to get into his word. You've got to study his word. Thus, uh, our emphasis on wanting to, wanting all of us to get into Bible studies and get together and fellowship and get into the Word. Why? Because the Bible says that the Word became flesh. In other words, Jesus Christ was the incarnation of the Word of God. And, and so the, the one transforming thing that we can have in our life is Jesus himself. Well, if you want to get Jesus more into your life, you got to get the Word. Why? Because you're getting Christ into you. So the covenant, part five. We're going to talk this week about God's part in the covenant. Next week, we're going to end it on our part in the covenant. This uh, incredible unilateral covenant that God made with Abram. You remember in Genesis chapter 12, we camped out there for three weeks. God told Abram, hey, leave your home, leave, leave your country, leave your family, and leave your father's house. That was his sense of security. That was his sense of identity and purpose. And boy, we do the same thing. We find security and, and purpose and identity in a lot of things on this planet that are very transient and aren't lasting. But God said, hey, if you'll let go of all that stuff and trust me, I will make you a great nation. I've got land and territory for you to occupy. I will bless you. You'll be the father of many nations. And not only that, I will give you a name that is revered and honored. And the Lord has done that with us. If we will let go and trust him, if we'll let go of our, all of our false sense of securities over anything, whether it's your job, your finances, uh, your family, I'm not telling you to let go of your family literally like to leave them. I'm just saying, you know, hey, family changes. Your kids grow up, they move off, they go to college, they start families of their own. You know, we get older, the dynamics change, you know? So, so there's even things that you can't place all of your security in, even with family. Uh, the economy, the government, you can't place your security in any of that. But if you place your security in the Lord, he has got territory for you to occupy in the kingdom. He's got a place for you. He, he's given us a name that's above every name. That's the name of Jesus. 
and, and he will multiply you and make you fruitful and give you dominion. These are all spiritual connotations that, that he spoke to Abraham. We get to encounter it in faith. We talked about last week, the covenant was all about Jesus. I believe with all my heart that the, when the word of God, when, when, when Abram had a vision of the word of God, as the Bible said, that he had a vision of Jesus. And it was Jesus that walked through the halves that had been split in two that Abram had the vision of. And it's, it was Jesus who made the covenant in the first place. This whole relationship from the, from the start, from the foundations of the earth, God's plan to reconcile humanity back to himself was always through Jesus. And that's why we want to lift up his name. That's why we want to put our faith in him because the covenant comes through our faith in Jesus Christ. So, Let's go ahead and we're going we're gonna to dive into Genesis chapter 17. I encourage you to go, if you don't have your Bibles in front of you, I encourage you to go to gatheringviridian.com, click on outdoor service, and you'll see all the scriptures I'm going to use today. Uh, so after, after Abram had this encounter in chapter 15 that we talked about last week, where, where the Lord had him split the animal halves in two so that, that Christ, the the, uh, uh, the the image of Christ could walk through uh, as a smoking oven and as a lit torch uh, to, to solidify and verify this covenant, this promise with Abram that, hey, if you'll have faith in me, I'll take care of everything you need and I will bless you and prosper you in this life. Uh, after that, one of the promises that he made to Abram was, hey, I am going to give you a son and you are, you're going to have a family, and there's going to be a great multitude and a nation that's going to come from your seed. Well, in chapter 16, they get tired of waiting on God. They get tired of waiting on this promise. By this time, Abram is getting close to 99 years old. Sarah's getting close to 90 years old. She, she's never had children. So Sarah, who was actually, her name was Sarai at that point, Sarah actually, uh, actually wound up started losing patience and, and faith with the Lord and said, hey, look, Abram, I have this servant named Hagar that we picked up in Egypt. And, and why don't you go in and have a child by her and I'll raise it as our son and that way you can have a son. So basically Sarai gave Abram a hall pass, if you will, and he wound up, uh, he, he wound up, the, the, basically there's a mess that happens when we try to start bringing about God's will in our life and we lose patience with God and we try to make it happen on our own. There's a whole mess that happens. Uh, Hagar winds up getting pregnant by Abram. Uh, Sarai winds up getting super jealous of her because now all of a sudden she's getting favoritism. She's getting special treatment. She's carrying the child of Abram in his camp she gets to sit at the table as well. She gets a special tent. Got to take care of this baby on the way. Sarai winds up getting so jealous, she winds up beating Hagar really bad, just whoops her, beats her up. Hagar flees, runs away. She has an encounter with God, and he says, no, go on back. I will take care of you. I'll protect you. You're going to have this child. Believe it or not, this was the first baby born in the Bible that was recorded that God actually named the child. God said, go back and name this child Ishmael. Ishmael means God hears. So, uh, which, which consequently the, the Arab 
the Arab nations, uh, the, the Persians, actually come from Ishmael. I believe that God is doing an incredible thing amongst the Arab nation, and Christ is being revealed. Uh, there's incredible stories that are coming from the Persian nations, how Christ is being revealed. Why? Because God still hears them. God is honoring his promise to uh, Hagar and to Ishmael. Even to this day, there's great revival that's taking place. A lot of Arabs and Muslims are starting to come to the Lord in a saving knowledge of Christ. So with that, Abram has another encounter because that was never part of God's plan. God made Abram a promise via this covenant. On their own accord, they tried to make the covenant come to pass. It caused a whole political mess and a whole emotional mess in Abram's family. But God shows up in chapter 17 and states some incredible terms of this covenant. And so we're going to talk about what God's part in this covenant is and what he wants to do in your life today, okay? Genesis chapter 17 Woo, I can preach as long as I want because there's no heat. I'm sitting in 72 degrees air conditioning. So see, look at that. I can be, I got 15 points to go through. No, I'm teasing. I'm not going to be that long. Genesis chapter 17, starting with verse 1, reading from the New King James. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am Almighty God. Woo, let's just stop there for a second. In the Hebrew, the first part, I am, is echyeh. It's the same term that he used with Moses when Moses wanted to know what the name of God was. He said, Who, who's sending me back to free the, the children of Israel? He said, It means I am that I am. It literally translates into the existence that is the existence. He's saying, how do you put a name on me? You want to know my name? I am the existence, the state of being that is the state of being. In other words, he's saying, Abram, I am, I am the existence. Your very life and existence is consumed in me. You exist in me. Look around you everywhere. You can't get away from me. Why? Because I am here and in everything. Everything is in me. That's what he's trying to say. The next part where he says, I am almighty God. In Hebrew, it was El Shaddai. He said, El Shaddai. The word El Shaddai, the term El Shaddai actually means, if you want to, it means several things, but if you put it all lump sum uh, in, in a nice, neat term, it is the God of more than enough. Think about it. He introduces himself to Abram and says, I am everything that you can possibly think and, and realize you exist in me and I am the God that is more than enough. Woo, that's pretty powerful. What need do you have today? Do you realize that need actually exists within God? And in God, there is no need. There is no lack. There is no limitation. He is the God, not just a God, but he is your God and my God and he's the God of more than enough. Whatever your need is, he has provision for you, and it's more than enough. You may just need a cup full. Well, he's going to make that cup run over. You say, is that waste? No, he calls it abundance. He wants to bless you that much, part of his covenant. So that's what he says to Abraham. I am the God of more than enough, Abram. 
He says, walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Do you understand that according to the covenant that we are a part of because of our faith, that he wants to multiply you exceedingly? Does that mean give you more kids? Well, for some of you, maybe. I believe that it means to make you more effective and more prosperous within the kingdom. Now, here in the West, we keep identifying prosperity with money. Prosperity, prosperity in the kingdom has nothing to do with money. All of your needs are going to be met. Prosperity in the kingdom is how, how effectively are you able to do his will in your life and to manifest his presence in your world, right? He says, I'm going to multiply you exceedingly. Then Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, this is pretty powerful what's about to happen. He said, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be a father of many nations. Now he has just sired a child by, uh, by Sarai's uh, hen, handmaiden, by her concubine. But he said, no, no, you're going to be the father of many nations. How is he the father of many nations? I thought he was just the father of Israel. No, it's because of faith. We've talked about it. Paul said, if you believe and have faith the way that Abraham did, then you are part of Abraham's seed. You are part of one of his children. So there's a lot of nations out there that, that, are, that can look to Abram as being their father because he taught us how to have faith. It says, uh, my covenant is with you and you shall be a father of many nations. Verse five, no longer shall your name be called Abram but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. Now look what he did here. He took his name Abram, which means exalted father. So when Abram's dad named him, he named him exalted father. One day you will have a child and you're going to be an exalted father. They're going to look up to you. Well, that's a nice, that's a nice thought. Then God took the term that they would have referred to him as at the time in Hebrew, which was Hashem. It means God. So he took Abram and Hashem and combined it together, and it became Abraham. So in other words, God in this covenant merged himself with Abram. So you have exalted father plus God equals Abraham, which means father of multitudes. So God actually merged himself with Abram business-wise and said, you may be an exalted father, but through me, you will father a multitude. And then he goes on to say, for I have made you the father of many nations. Now he's referring to him in past tense because Paul in the book of Romans says that God calls the things that aren't as though they were. And he speaks to dead things and brings them back to life. There was a dream in Abraham's life. There was a vision. There was a promise. Abraham could have considered it dead. But God is now calling Abram, some, Abraham something that he wasn't at the time. You're now the father of many nations. God wants to, through this covenant, through your faith, he is merging with you. How does he do that? Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17 says this, but the person who is united to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. He does it spiritually via the Holy Spirit. 
That's the biggest reason why he wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Why? It's his spirit. Because if he can allow the Holy Spirit to begin to come in and, and, and possess part of the land in your life, in your head and in your heart, now you start walking with him, as him. All of a sudden, less of you starts appearing and more of him starts appearing. He can take whatever you are and when his Holy Spirit gets a hold of you, you expand, you multiply, you become even more effective, you become more powerful. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says this, but you shall receive power, which means ability, efficiency, and might. When the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, Samaria and to the ends, the very bounds of the earth. You may be sitting there saying, I'm one of the most shyest people on the planet. I don't even know how to talk in front of people. I don't even know how to talk to people. I don't even know how to share my faith. If you'll allow yourself to walk by faith in this covenant relationship, he is going to merge himself with you via the Holy Spirit, and he empowers you to be the witness you need to be. Something in you will rise up, and, and you will all of a sudden find the word supernaturally. To, to proclaim the kingdom of God, to share your faith and your encounter, and you're not worried about trying to sell the company line. There's no pressure on you to try to save somebody. You can't save somebody within your own power anyway. It takes the power of God to save someone. They may reject your story. It doesn't matter. Why? Because you are walking, being merged with him. That's powerful. When you understand that it's not you on your own anymore, but through this covenant, he is taking you from being Abram to Abraham. He is joining his name, his, his namesake, his authority with you. Very powerful part of the covenant promise. That's what he wants to do via this covenant. Next week, we'll, we'll learn what he's asking of us. But let's hop back up here. Verse 7, Genesis 17, verse 7. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations. Hey, that's talking about us. For an everlasting covenant to be, to be God to you and your descendants after you. Also, I give to you and your descendant after you uh, the land in which you are a stranger. Do you realize some of you are actually going through, through uh, a phase of life? You may be surrounded by everyone, but you're in unfamiliar territory. God wants to give you dominion right where you're at. God wants to give you authority to prosper and to, and to express the kingdom of God, even if you're in an awkward place in life that's unfamiliar. You may feel like a stranger right where you're at, but God, through his covenant, is joining himself with you to give you that piece of real estate in your life. Believe it. It's right here in the covenant. Now, we're going to hop down to verse 15. Genesis chapter 17, verse 15. Look what he does with Sarai, his wife. Then God said to Abraham, now he's calling him Abraham. God says to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. Notice he does it again. He takes Sarai, blends it with Hashem, and it becomes Sarah or Sarah or Sarah. Now, Sarai actually means princess. Sarah actually means noble woman, woman of authority, exalted ruling lady. 
So see what he did? He took a princess, someone with the potential to rule. And when he combined himself with her, he gave her authority. Now she has authority and dominion. See what he wants to do? He wants to take you from just simply having the potential to be something in the kingdom to having full dominion. He gives you. Jesus said after he was resurrected in the book of Mark, the book of Mark, the first thing he said to the disciples is all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority. That means there's nothing in this world that has true authority, only him. And he's blending himself with you via the Holy Spirit because of this covenant. And he wants to give you authority and dominion right where you're at. He takes you from just a place of potential and he's going to He's going to like establish you with authority. Ryan, Ryan's up in my balcony right now. I'm just going to speak to you. You have, you have operated with incredible potential in the Lord, and you've seen it, and you felt it, and he's been pleased with you. But when you go off, I, I'm telling you, I just heard him say it right now, so I'm going to prophesy over you that, that when you go off to North Carolina, you're going to have such an encounter in the Holy Spirit. It's going to scare you to death, but don't, don't worry about it. It's going to overwhelm you. It's going to, it's going to expand everything you thought you ever knew about the Lord. But when you come back, you're no longer walking in just potential. But, but he has taken you from Sarai to Sarah. You're going to walk in full authority and reigning dominion via the authority that he gives you because he's going to merge with you even more. So receive that. I believe it more than anything. Amen. I got an amen from Chris sitting on my kitchen floor. Look at that. So there were two or three or agree. Look at that. Then Abram fell on his face. So he said, well, first he says, and I will bless her. Man, look what he wants to do when he takes you from just being potential to actually expanding you to full dominion and authority and power in the spirit. He says this, I will bless her and also give you a son by her. She was 90 years old, never had a child. But according to the book of Romans, God calls dead things back to life. So he, he, call, he called her womb back to life. He says, I'm going to give you a son by her. Then I will bless her, and she shall be the mother of nations. Kings of people shall be from her. He said, I'm going to bless her, and then I'm going to give her a son from which tons of authority comes out of. In other words, he's, he wants to multiply you. You don't just get to walk around and be a Christian for the sake of being a Christian, but because of you and your walk and the authority you get to walk in through this covenant, you're going to impact so many people that you're, you're going to give birth spiritually. There's going to be other people that come into the kingdom and are affected and replicate faith because of you. That's some powerful stuff. And you're going to be blessed from it, he says. Then Abraham, Abram fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, shall a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old and shall Sarah who is 90 years old bear a child and Abraham said to God oh that Ishmael might live before you then God said no Sarah your wife shall bear you a son and you shall call his name Isaac Isaac actually means laughter joy he actually wants you hey you ever seen Christians walk around look like they've been baptized in pickle juice you know <laughs> Folks wind up getting saved, and then they look like the most miserable people on the planet. I don't understand that. We should be the most joyous people on earth. We should be having more fun than anyone else. You know, the fun that the world offers, you got to pay for it the next day. You got, you're, you're hungover, you know? 
you, there's, there's diseases out there, there's everything else. And everyone said, woo, I had fun. Yet, man, they're paying a high price for it. Man, in the Lord, you get to have fun and it never goes away. Every day, even in the midst of challenging. This week, I had a, I had a challenging week, I'll admit it. It wasn't a defeated week. I was still victorious. I still walked in faith. And even in the challenge, I found myself laughing and having a good time in the Lord. Man, why? Because, of, because I'm a child of Isaac. I'm part of that bloodline per my faith. Uh, so he says, I, you shall call his name Isaac and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. And as for Ishmael, I've heard you. Uh, behold, I have blessed him and, and, and will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. But hop to verse 21, but my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this set time next year. Then he finished talking with him and God went up from Abraham. So God said what he said and he dropped the mic and he walked off. What, did he, what, what ultimately did he say? He said, look, you've messed some things up because you tried to bring my covenant to pass on your own. You hooked up with Hagar, had Ishmael by her. And that's okay. I'm not going to punish you. Matter of fact, I will bless it. I will allow that to be blessed. But my covenant, my power, my promises are coming through Isaac. When God wants to do something in your life by faith, he doesn't want you to try to bring it about. He just wants you to patiently believe in him and let him bring it about. I've seen some things take place in my life this year that, I, boy, I was tempted to just take take the bull by the horns and make things happen on my own. And God kept saying, nope, hold your peace. Don't touch it. Keep your hands off of it. I will take care of it. Do you believe me? Do you trust me? And I would have to say, yes, sir. I, I, I trust you, Lord. I'm going to walk in faith. And I chose to walk in faith. And I have seen God <laughs> take mountains and throw them right into the sea in my life. Things that were immovable, things I couldn't see through, see around, get a hold of. I have seen God change things 360 degrees. Uh, I have seen God alter things. I've seen him turn stop signs into green lights in my life. It's been phenomenal. But he's done it through his power, through his, through his ability, and through his wisdom. Had nothing to do with me. And I couldn't have never tried to orchestrate it. So I want to challenge us. Walk in your covenant today. Put God to the test. He would love for you to. Say, Lord, I believe it. I'm going to keep my hands off of it. I'm trusting you. And when you tell me to go, I'll go. When you tell me to sit, I will sit. Why? Because God doesn't want to have to try to bless your measly attempt at making his promises come to pass in your life. But God will bless the child, the faith child that he wants to spiritually birth in your life. What he's trying to birth has nothing to do with you, but it will be solely through faith and through his covenant. That's his plan for you. God's part in this covenant is this. This is what I want you to understand and take away today. God's part of this covenant is, hey, if you'll just let go of everything and trust me, not only will I take care of you, but I am going to merge my identity with you. Via the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes in and possesses you. You hear about demon possession all the time, and man, Hollywood's made a bazillion dollars off of that subject. All that is is a cheap imitation by the enemy of what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. He wants to come in and possess you, take you over. 
That's why you become a new creature in him. That's why the more you walk with God, some of the stuff you used to do just doesn't feel right anymore. That's why you can't keep continuing to do some of the things that he set you free from. You don't get the satisfaction from it. You feel a little weird and awkward about it. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is changing you. You are starting to become a new creature in him. That's one reason I've had somebody ask, how come you don't preach a little bit more rules and regulations for people? How come you don't like preach a list of things that we need to stay away from? Because I don't have the power to change anyone, but the Holy Spirit does. And if you're walking in faith, I don't have to worry about it as a pastor because the Holy Spirit's going to do his job and start changing you from the inside out to where you don't have to have a list of rules and regulations. You're going to live according to his word and according to his faith and, and according to his provision. Amen? amen? Hey, I got some amen folk here. Woo! Man, I'm telling you, the Lord is doing something in Gathering Church. I believe with all my heart, he's going to pour out the Holy Spirit, just like he did in the second chapter of Acts, that we're going to see signs, wonders, and miracles. He has laid, just since March, he has laid an incredible foundation of faith for us to build on. And the reason why he does want to perform miracles and healings and anything, everything else isn't so that we can have some fantastic ministry to, to, to uh, advertise and exploit. It has nothing to do with us. He wants to do it because he wants to be God in our life. And he wants Jesus to be lifted up. I've said it before. I really am not worried about promoting the name Gathering Church. I love Gathering Church. I love all you guys. It's our fellowship and our family that we all come together with. But what I want more than anything else is for people to know Jesus Christ because of us for people to experience the power of the Holy Spirit because we were obedient to him. And if they forget the name of our church or even forget what time we meet or even forget that they were even here, as long as they were changed for the kingdom's sake, that's all that matters to me. So, hey, let's all get together. Let's all praise him. We're going to gather, grow, and go and be obedient. Let me pray for each and every one of you before we uh, dismiss today. Father, I thank you for everyone that's watching. I thank you for all the beautiful families of gathering church. Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit make himself real in every household watching us today. Let everyone viewing us all over this nation experience your love, your power, your authority. Through faith this week, merge with us even more. Change our identity to become more like you and expand our ability, expand our potential, Lord. Let us walk in authority and rulership. And we praise you in Jesus' name. There's someone who's watching today. I want to tell you that the, that the decision you made to change careers of late, you used to find so much security in your career and your line of work, and yet God called you out of that. And you have no clue where you're going right now. Don't, don't be discouraged and don't be scared. Walk in faith. What God has in store for you is so much more than any career or any job or any paycheck could ever provide for you and your family. And for the spouse, don't worry about carrying the load. God has provision for you and your family. The word provision means before vision, forward vision. God already has a vision. He already sees what you need. And he's already there waiting on you. There's someone who's watching today that you're still on this planet because God has purpose for you. The enemy tried to take you out. The enemy tried to, to, to make you succumb 
to disease and sickness and God has healed your body and touched you because you still have purpose. Rejoice in that and have faith that what God has started in you, the healing just isn't for your body, but he's also healing your heart and your psyche. And he's about to expand and multiply you better than before. Amen. Receive that today. To all of our families that are traveling, we love you. Be safe. Hopefully, uh, uh, The Kimball family, we love you. Hopefully you're having a good time. Uh, uh, JJ and Kate, love you guys too. Hopefully you're having a good time and getting refreshed. And to all of our family that stayed by the stuff, enjoy this day. It looks like the sun's coming out. The rain's gone away. Y'all be blessed this week. Love you all.